Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Bike Rider podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRider.com, Cycling Plus and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. This is one of our occasional Bike Radar shorts where we give you a brief introduction to some brand new tech. My name is Alex Evans. I am one of Bike Radar's technical editors. And today I am joined by Tom Marvin, who is also a technical editor at Bike Radar. How are you today, Tom? I'm all right, Alex. Thanks you very much. Um, I'd like to point out to our listeners that we're both senior technical editors. <laughs> What a fumble. I've demoted us. Oh, dear Demotion. Me. Yeah. Tom is glaring at me uh, with daggers. Angry. Angry, angry man. Angry. I worked hard for that senior. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're both laughing. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, let, let's, cut to the, uh, let's cut to the chase today. Yeah. We don't think we need any introductions beyond, uh, beyond what we're actually going to be talking about. So this is Scott's brand new Genius. Yes. Scott's Genius is a pretty big bike. Okay. So it sits in the middle of the mountain bike range. Yep. At the one end, you've got the Spark, which is the lightweight cross country slash trail bike. And then at the other end, you've got the Ransom, which is the full on enduro rig. Yeah. And the Genius sits slap bang in the middle. And they've got a brand new one. They have. So what does it look like? Because I don't think there's going to be any surprises here for people that follow. There are very few surprises. But first, I'm actually going to talk about the range of bikes that Scott will now be offering because Ooh. it's actually integral to the story of the genius. Oh, wow. Okay. So we have a slightly new naming convention going across Scott's uh, new bikes. Because at the moment, you've got the Spark and the Spark RC, right? You've got the Spark RC, which is like the really racy one. Yeah. So it's still 120 mil travel, but it's like lightweight, super punch. It's what Nino Shirt races, okay? Then you've got the Spark, which is, I guess you would now maybe pigeonhole it as a downcountry bike. Yeah. So it's 130 mil travel fork? 120 in the back, I think 130 on the front. Um, and then, you know, there was the Genius, which is 140, 150. And then the Ransom, which is like 160-ish, that sort of thing, maybe with a 170. Um, but 
Uh, they are now going for a new range of bikes called the, well, they've got the Genius and they've got the Genius Super Trail. So they're basically, it's the same frame, um, but with the Super Trail having slightly more aggressive geometry and slight changes to their twin lock suspension. And the way it sits into the range is that they will also be um, offering a whole range of other RC bikes, including this. So there's going to be the Spark, the Spark Super Trail, Genius Super Trail. Oh, God, I've got that wrong. Spark. You said RC as well. Spark. I think it's going to be Spark RC for XC. Spark as like kind of like not super racy XC. Spark Super Trail, Down Country, okay. Genius Trail, yeah. Genius Super Trail, Agro Trail, yeah. and then Ransom. But Ransom hasn't been updated yet. So we don't know. We don't know. We can just speculate. Maybe a Ransom and maybe a Ransom DH. Super Enduro. Yeah, it could be. SE. But that'll be next year's stories. Who knows? We so certainly don't, actually, we, genuinely, we, yeah, at this point. We don't, we don't really know much about that. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about Genius, though. Big bang. Big bang. So the reason why um, the Genius is big news, well, if you knew what the Spark is, the Spark is that really cool XC bike where they've hidden the shock in the sort of the seat mast using technology borrowed from Bold. However, I actually learned, so we also, oh, they bought Bold, um, which had like an, a shock hidden in the frame. Because Bold were the first people to do this in recent times. Not the first people. Bold were the most recent. Yeah. yeah, that's a better way of terming, of phrasing that. And they they had a, um, a shock hidden in the frame. And they still do because they still have bikes coming out. Um, and the shock was horizontal, sort of down near the bottom bracket. Scott developed a system. It was actually developed before they bought Bold. Um, but they needed to buy Bold for copyright and all that sort of issues, not copyright, um, patents and all that sort of stuff. So they actually had to buy them out, basically, was the reason why they bought it, I believe. don't know if I'm allowed to say that. but We just have. That's a rumour I've made up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's why they acquired Bold. Um, but their shocks are, are vertically mounted, and the Spark came out. A super sleek design, keeps the shock hidden from everything, opens out the, in the, the inside of the front triangle to keep it super smooth and, and looking great. And that technology has now been brought to the Genius trail bike platform. So it's a 150mm trail bike with a 160mm fork. The shock sits inside the frame again, um, and it's just a, it's basically a burly spark um, or a yeah a really stiff burly trail bike. Because in, in in terms of looks, I mean, it's stunning. Yeah, it looks absolutely beautiful, and it does look very similar to the spark as yeah. well. They have you know I mean previously where Scott had the vertically mounted shocks with like the the four bar linkage, mm. you know, that the current or well now previous generation uh, genius, but current generation ransom, awesome. you know, they all look quite similar. They've yeah, definitely yeah. got a, a commonality between them. And yeah. and now this is the same with the the spark and the genius, yeah. the new genius. So it's still a four bar system. So you have a chainstay, you have a pivot by the rear dropout, which then pushes, uh, which obviously has a pivot, and then it sort of pushes the seat stay. So there's no flex pivots going on here with this bike. And then there's a big burly link sitting about 10 centimetres above the, the crank, the top of the chain ring, which um, on the exterior sort of links the main pivot to the seat stays. And then inside, there's like a little dogging that pushes the shock uh, to give you the suspension. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 
Hmm. And it's a it's a horse link horse link design. Yeah. Um. So um. Same as specialized. Yeah. Same as a lot of people now. Yeah. Loads of people are using it. Yeah. Um. So the two differences. There's. Let's talk about the main difference though, and the reason why the Genius and the Genius Super Trail are different and slightly interesting, other than this sort of frame architecture that looks pretty cool. So, so if you know Scott's full suspension ranges, you know that they have this thing called Twin Lock, and it's a three position uh, lockout levery system on the bar that controls the fork and the shock. And it toggles between a climb mode, what they call ramp mode or traction mode or sort of uh, ramp control mode, um, and a descend. Obviously, climb is basically locked out. Descend is fully open. And the ramp control adds a platform effectively to suspension. So it sort of remains active, um, but is much more stable for pedaling and reduces the amount of travel offered at the rear end. Now, this is still present on the fork and the shock of the Genius, um, but on the Genius Super Trail, it's only there on the shock. Okay. Because previously, I'm pretty sure that Scott's twin lock system has meant that the fork damper, they've had to use a bespoke fork damper, right? Which has been the... Effectively the, the fit fork. The fit fork, yeah. isn't as supple as the Grip 2, which is sort of like the all-singing, all-dancing, super yeah. fancy one. And hence, on the Genius non-ST, which is a bit more of a trail, lighter weight build, so faster rolling tyres, lightweight components, but still the same 150, 160 suspension configuration. You still get that because it's kind of like, yeah, if you, you're a bit more sporty, you want that lockout, you want that sort of firmness, it's still there. But the Super Trail one is like, right, you're a, an aggressive trail rider who doesn't necessarily need all that lockout stuff and wants to hit their trail harder, so you've got burlier tyres and uh, sort of slightly heavier build. And it doesn't have that suspension on the fork because they want to prioritise descending performance, so they haven't put the twin lock onto the fork. They've left it with the grip two damper from the Fox factory. Nice. Um, but they have got it on the back. Now, in the regular Genius, you get a single can air shock, the Fox nude standard air shock, and that then toggles in the same way as it did on the previous generation between those three modes. On the ST, you get a piggyback custom-made float X shock from Fox. Okay. And this is where the interesting stuff comes in because the differences between the three modes are thus. In descend mode, it's fully open. The compression, like, the compression circuit is left to however you've adjusted it, but it's basically open. The air spring is the full size of the air spring. And so you get the full performance of the shock. Push that toggle into that middle setting into what they now call ramp control. And the outer, there's an outer air sleeve on the shock, which gives you the full air volume. And that outer air sleeve is cut off. So it's sort of removed from the whole shock's ability to work. Just uh, just going to apologise if you hear any banging. I believe someone is flushing the toilet quite vigorously. <laughs> oh my God, vigorously. Vigorous toilet flushing. <laughs> Let's return to ramp control. <laughs> so you've got the, the, Fox, the Fox Float X shock with its effectively secondary air uh, sort of volume on the outside of it. Now that is locked off in ramp control, so you heavily limit the amount of air in the shock, effectively like putting in a massive volume spacer into the shock, and that l effectively limits it to 60% of its travel, mm. um, and it makes the bike sit a little bit higher up in its um, in its travel, and it gives like a, a slightly firmer ride. So that's ideal for off-road climbing, where you still want the traction because the, the compression circuit is still as open as it was in descend mode. So it still gives you that suppleness, but it just limits the amount of travel, keeps the bike perped up, so you still get your steeper seat angles. Everything's sort of good for climbing. Because when you hit a steep climb and your weight's kind of pivoting more onto the rear wheel, your rear end's going to sag further lows, into its travel. Lows, yeah. But this doesn't happen with the that new system. That doesn't happen. Cool. And then in climb mode, you keep 
the smaller air spring and you effectively lock out the compression hmm. um, circuit. So you get basically a firm lockout pretty much. So has Scott finally given a purpose to their twin lock system I think from on an, their proper mountain bikes? I think from an aggressive trail riding perspective, yes. Because that was always the moan, right, wasn't it? That, you know, the twin lock, okay, it, in theory it's great. In mm. reality, is anyone using it? In reality, it just compromised the performance of the front end of the bike yeah, too much for exactly. it to, for in our opinion. And I think, you know, we sort of, I guess we like fairly aggressive bikes. We like fairly aggressive trail riding. And maybe that bike wasn't quite designed for us. And now it feels like the genius has come of age yeah. and has realized its sort of true descending performance. Because it's, you know, like the, the geometry on this new bike is great. Like it's a really good shape. The suspension works really bloody well when it's opened out. And there's a lot to really like about the bike. It's got a very stiff, very active, sorry, very stiff, very sort of precise chassis. And the whole thing like just works when you're riding it real hard. And so it's nice that the fork is then able to perform as it should. Nice, yeah. I think good. it's still fair to sort of argue that having that twin lock lever on the on the on the on the bars is, you know, it's, it's like a lot of companies are now routing cables through the headsets and all that sort of stuff to tidy it all up. You still got a lot of cables there, and it does compromise like the drop post ability. So the twin lock actually has three levers on there. You've got a a lever that pulls the cable through to sort of lock out the suspension and then there's a, a lever to release the tension which unlocks it all and then you've got a third dropper lever which can i believe be removed if you have an access seat post or a dropper post lever that's not compatible with the twin if you, lock system. i think you'd need a a, a, a or an yes, adapter but, or something i i believe there's a way that the, yeah. at least on previous twin lock systems the 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 dropper well, post lever previous twin locks you you had a twin lock lever above the bar so you could then do it, whereas now you don't. So it's still a bit, I think you still conspire to using a cable actuated dropper. But there's a lot of good ones out there, and most of them now are compatible with third-party levers. You just have a lot of levers hanging out down there. Okay. Um, but let's move on from that. As a whole, the rest of, I have ridden the bike very briefly, and I came away super impressed. As I said before, the geometry of the bike is really impressive. You've got a 64.5 degree head angle, um, and that is adjustable as well. You've got a fairly steep seat angle. Um, the seat angle is uh, two degrees steeper, I think. Um, and the reaches are extended by 20 mil and the head angle's half a degree slacker. So the, the shape of the bike is is really impressive. Um, and they will be offering it in full carbon, a mixed carbon slash alloy version and alloy versions as well. So there's a, a real wide um, range of models out there. Um, and overall, yeah, as I say, I came away impressed. Suspension at the back is really good in its fully open mode. The kit that it was built with, obviously, is, it was one of the top-end models. It's the 900 tuned. Yeah. It was beautiful. Um, and I'd actually say, on the trail, like, the 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 whole twin lock thing does work. Like, we did some long sort of steady climbs on tarmac. Locked out. It's like a locked out bike. It rides real nice. You know, like, there's very little squish going on. Yeah. In that climb mode on like super punchy climbs, I was actually really impressed. I, I rode quite a bit of climbing in the fully open mode and I was like, you know, pedaling along and you're like, you know, the anti-squat's fairly high on these bikes anyway, so it pedals pretty well. But then when you stand up and start mashing like you would on like an aggressive climb if you've not got a very smooth pedaling sort of style, like obviously things start bobbing around. I mean, what bike doesn't, right? What bike doesn't? Most of them do. And so having that ramp control mode genuinely made quite a bit of difference on like steep punchy single track climbs. And... I came away fairly impressed, actually. Mm. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, they've done a good job of that. And it might be a bit messy on the bar. It doesn't look the most aesthetically pleasing. But it does work. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Okay, cool. 
Um, so I, I guess you, you can answer this question. Did Scott have any problems or thoughts or considerations about heat buildup in the rear shock within the frame? Yeah, so that's why I, 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 there was a Fox engineer there and I did talk to him about it. Um, that is the reason, one of the main reasons they've gone for the Float X. So the Float X has a piggyback, which means it has higher air volume, so it's more stable. It takes longer to heat up to a problematic point. Um, and when it's there, it's, it's overall more stable than a single can air shock. So that's why in the ST, the more aggressive one, they're assuming that those riders are going to want that extra bit of heat stability. Um, it was noticeable that heat does build up in there. Um, okay. We did some long alpine descents, which most people aren't doing long alpine descents all the time. Um, and I never got to the point where I found it detracted from the ride. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I think it'll be interesting when the new ransom comes, what they're going to do there. Yeah. Because if they're going for that, and I did ask them about that, you know, I talked to them about it and I think there's still question marks over what they're going to do about it because I think that will be really noticeable. Because just speculating, one of the advantages of having the shock within the frame is that you're sealing it away from mm. the elements, right? So you could potentially reduce the sealing on the rear shock because it's not having to do all of that hard work itself, which could reduce friction, which yeah. potentially reduces heat buildup. Yeah, and this is, again, something we talked about is obviously like, I guess one of the things we haven't really mentioned is why why did they do that? I mean, obviously there's the aesthetic point of view, but also there is the, you still have to maintain your, your bike, right? You, they still have to, you know, Scott's saying- Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you still have to stick to that maintenance schedule. But the shock is isolated from- the majority of water and basically all the mud. So it should be a more reliable, more consistently performing shock over the period of the life spike, the bike's life. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the specs here. So it's still a Fox 36 bike, re yeah. regardless of iteration. It's not an enduro bike. Yeah. It's a trail bike. Yeah. Like, I think that's the other thing they're sort of fairly, fairly keen to remind you. Like, this is a trail bike. It's not an enduro bike. Yeah. And they still have the ransom for that. Um, yeah. Well, what sort of prices are we looking at here? Can you can you shed any of that information? I can't. Okay, they didn't have pricing. Um, at the time I do of... have some pricing. Um, let me have a look on my emails because they did email me a couple of days ago about all of this. Because um, Scott traditionally have a very broad spectrum of models, don't they? They have like all the way down to like the the forty level bikes, which yeah. are which are like the, even even sixty. I think they've they've had like seven sixties or nine sixties mm. previously, which are more at the budget end. So I, I don't have UK pricing. I have provisional, and Scott are keen to point out this is provisional pricing for euros um, and US. So uh, the Genius range goes from the Genius 900 Ultimate, which comes in at basically 12,000 euros. Bargain. Um, or $12,000. And the entry-level one, which is the Genius 940, comes in at 3,800 euros. Bargain. About $3,800. Um, the ST is a slightly smaller uh, range of bikes. There's three in each as opposed to five. And you're looking at 11,000 um, euros or dollars for the ST900, which is the one I rode, down to 5,000 um, for the 920. There are also Contessa models as well with similar spec levels. I think there were four Contessa models. Um, the whole story will be on bikeradar.com, though, um, as you listen to this podcast. So look out on there for all the tech specs. Um, a bit more detailed information in a slightly more concise and uh, considered manner. Um, but it's all there. Um, but we, we sort of wanted to talk about it because it's an interesting bike. It looks very cool. Yeah. Um, and they've done a great job. So um, well done, Scott. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, this is kind of like going back to our headliners bike test that we did recently. You know, this is another one that's that's defining. It's defining the industry. You know, hidden shocks integration it's kind of where things are going and it, it does it looks really awesome and you know 
we both hope that you'll be as excited by we are when you see it when you see it on on byteradar.com great well thank you tom thanks for that very brisk uh, very brisk yeah. roundup so it wasn't maybe the most uh, structured or you know i wobbled wobbled on a little bit strut who what's that strut, what? hey no, uh, but we got there in the end it's it's an interesting bike great well thank you and uh keep tuned to the bike radar podcast for more information on bikes <laughs> excellent Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 